2: What's up, ladies and gentlemen? Before this podcast gets started, I'd like to give a couple critical shout-outs. Firstly, I'd like to shout out the 1972 Dolphins. Bite me. Screw you, douchebags. You got lucky. You got one more year. Pop the champagne while it lasts. You guys are frauds. There were only, what, four games in that season? I don't want to hear anything about it, all right? So you're welcome. Didn't happen this year. We'll be back next year. Yes, we'll be back In greater numbers as well Another shout out to one of the podcast godfathers The Sean Taylor And all of my people uh, Back in D.C. uh, Who were probably happy to get Washington's first marquee win In quite some time We do talk some trash about Washington Being a losing franchise In this episode But it all comes from a place of love Because we also talked them up As we have been for the past uh, few weeks Saying that hey i know that people might associate them with mediocrity but if you grew up in dc you knew that they were a glorious franchise until one dan snyder entered the picture now they got something interesting that they're building over there so shout out to all those people who didn't rub my nose in it another shout out to ryan mckee on twitter ryan mckee what's up ryan thanks for listening to the podcast this is a Longtime listener who reached out to us on Twitter We had some good back and forth about what the Steelers need to do With some personnel issues today Anybody else who's out there listening Reach out to us, we'll respond to you We love to talk to people who, you know Have like-minded opinions about the Steelers Or opinions that don't jive with ours at all uh, Because we're sick And we talk about this all day So the Outpost will be back, the Steelman will be back In greater numbers I uh, Hope you enjoy this exorcism After, uh, you know An event that we're not really used to happening The Steelers losing, and I don't think that they're going to do too much more of it. At least I hope they're not going to. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Enjoy the episode.
0: The important thing in life is not victory, but combat. It is not to have vanquished, but to have fought well. Unfortunately, it was another case of us... Sucking. Go Welcome to the Steelers Outpost Podcast, a proud member of the Armchair All-Americans Network. It is December 8th, 2020. This is Tom coming to you from Sawdust Studios in the Washington, D.C. outpost. Nick joins me from the Houston outpost to deliver the sad news that I'm sure everybody knows. Steelers 17, Washington 23. However, there is a silver lining. Hmm. We went 4-2 and two in our bet online experience this weekend, and we narrowly averted a 4-3 and three record because I... Frankly, I forgot to put the bet on the Steelers.
2: If you didn't uh, know the outcome of the Steelers game by the time you realized you forgot to make the bet, I mean, there's something wrong with us, right? Because clearly the universe was trying to tell us something. I'm, uh, I'm glad we didn't lose money on that, but I am upset that we didn't take full advantage of all the opportunities online at our friend's bet online. Football is nearing the culmination. It's nearing the climax. The Steelmen have encountered some adversity. They got some more adversity coming their way this uh, this Sunday with Buffalo, red hot Buffalo team. Why don't you put some scoots down on that and see if if you can turn it down, turn it around, baby? Double or nothing, right? I mean, Bet Online's going the extra mile to make sure you can get in on everything imaginable this season, from game spreads and totals to team, player, and coaching props. Bet Online gives you more options to wager than any other place online. Head to Bet Online today and use that promo code Armchair to take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. Help me, help my dad, help Armchair, help yourself for God's sake. Bet Online, ching!
0: Your online sportsbook experts. The Steelers blew the second biggest lead at home in its history, going up fourteen to nothing in the second Good. quarter, only mm-hmm. to be outscored twenty-three to three for the rest of the game. At which point, somehow, at some point, your mother hid my shoelaces. From all my shoes in the house. What did that happen? Well, she didn't want me to go into you know into a tailspin and do something radical. It's actually probably a good idea.
2: I I was almost sent into a tailspin as I always am, as anyone ever is, uh, by ha- having to watch Alex Smith play quarterback. Which basically, when you watch Alex Smith play quarterback, leading a twenty-three to three comeback against your Pittsburgh Steelers, when Alex Smith is playing, it's basically like. Watching more commercials. There's already too many commercials in a football game. How many one-yard passes to the flat and the right can I see from this man? It's been 15, 16 years. I'm glad he recovered from the leg injury. Glad he didn't die. He's a cool guy. I mean, hey, as much as Steelers fans don't want to hear it, he does deserve the Comeback Player of the Year award because his leg literally almost fell off. I mean, he came back from a two-year injury there uh, to be just as mediocre as he was when he left. But it is impressive that he recovered from that. But, um, yeah, that sucked. That sucked, didn't it, right? But is it like we didn't see it coming? I mean, what did you feel like? There's no way we could ever be comfortable. You pointed out last week the Bud Dupree thing isn't the nail in the coffin. The team playing so poorly is the nail in the coffin.
0: Yeah, I think uh, so. We have several themes for this show. I think we'll, we'll, we'll run through them. But the first one is the sloppy play, the lack of execution. Yeah. But it feels, you know what? It feels worse, and I, and I don't know if we're going to jump on this right away, is the offensive line cannot, cannot create yeah. any kind of running game. I mean, yeah. all you need to do is look at the, the statistic that we got 21 yards rushing, which is the fewest, surprisingly, actually, uh, since 2018 against the Ravens. But this is like three times we've rushed for under 30 yards in our history, or at least since 1970. That was, and we quit trying. Right. Uh, thankfully, we quit trying. Right. Yeah, I just yeah, couldn't watch well. another. I couldn't watch uh, Jalen Samuels run into the back of the center one more time.
2: Yeah, two of those three, of course, by Randy Feetner's offense. So I don't know if, you know, Mike Tomlin, the ever-loyal Mike Tomlin, sees a, a trend there. I can see one. But it's not just that the Steelers' offensive line can't run the ball. They can't pass the ball either. I mean, there's a huge reason. We've talked about all year what is up with the short passes. We know that they're paranoid about keeping Ben upright, and now they've done it to a fault. Have they gone five games in a row without him getting sacked? And it's five, of the, an over. Yeah. it's five of the worst offensive games you could watch, right? That's what it shows you. The stats are empty in the NFL unless you have context. You making sure he doesn't get sacked comes at the cost of being able to move the ball downfield. Now, I'm aware that they're scared that they can't let Ben sit back there for a seven-step drop or long-developing routes. But I don't know if that's even totally necessarily true. I mean, he got a couple long passes off, but I mean overall, the the offensive line's outmatched. You're playing one of the best two or three offensive defensive lines in the league. So we said that before they played Washington. I mean, it's a it's a defensive line of exclusively top ten first round picks. You know, I mean they're just monsters. They're awesome. That's the strength of them. So of course it's going to be tough for any team to sit back there with long developing routes, but. You know, this just feels like the culmination of the same podcast we've had the whole year where the Steelers have become incredibly predictable. All they can do is run, is throw short. Uh, Ben gets three passes batted down every single game as a result of that because the scouting report is, hey, you're not going to get to Ben. Just push the pocket and get your giant arms up there and you'll knock passes down. And it happens every single solitary week. And we've seen it for 12 weeks in a row now. And... It's if you want him to throw a two yard pass all the way down the field, that means you expect them to have 13 and 14 play drives. Every time you want to score a touchdown, unless the defense sets you up in enemy territory, which the Steelers' defense does an insane amount of the time, which I feel like has led to some of the laziness by Tomlin and the, and the staff. Because I'm putting on Tomlin because Feetner has no capability to figure out any of these issues himself. So I don't know what Mike needs to do. But I feel like the Steelers have been misled with their offensive production throughout the course of the year because they get so many gimmies from the defense if the defense actually scores or gives them a short field. But otherwise, it's just on one guy, the 40-year-old on offense, to single-handedly call the plays, move the ball down the field with a ton of little short passes that, by the way, are not designed completions, It's not New England or the Saints who design all those great little pick plays. It's the Steelers with three plays and then Ben just calling hot routes. And you're just not going to be able to move down the field that way, so it doesn't surprise me. But maybe that's the silver lining is that this puts them on such high red alert that not only did they lose, but they lost to a a four-win team at this stage in the season that they might need to make some dramatic changes strategically. But damn, those linemen can't block anybody's strategy or no strategy
0: what strategy can the Steelers switch to? I mean, I thought Ben had a fairly good game accuracy from an accuracy standpoint, but he's still not connecting downfield, drop passes aside. What, what other th- I disagree. What would you suggest?
2: I mean, how many? he hit a bunch downfield, didn't he? He hit James Washington on a 30-yarder in the first quarter, hit another 20, 30-yarder to, to Claypool. He hit... Uh, Ebron in between two guys for a touchdown that Ebron dropped. I don't care if that's supposed to be a difficult catch. He's a top 10 NFL draft pick. You make that catch. Heath Miller makes that catch. And Heath, we love Heath, but come on, man. He's like... He's an all-around tight end. So I think Ben is hitting a lot more downfield than we're giving him credit for. No, it's not as much as the Martavis AB days, but it's not that far from it either. And, you know, Claypool drew another pass interference along the left sideline this game where it was definitely an underthrown ball to your point of, like, they're not all accurate. But Claypool needs to learn, and I, I hope he learns this by next year, like, you should still catch that. You don't the, the defender wasn't even looking at the ball. So you don't jump up and try and basket catch it. You stop, you come back to the ball and you high point it because once Claypool starts doing that nobody's going to be able to stop him. And then that's the second theme is it's the worst two game stretch by a receiving core I've ever seen in over 20 years of playing football of watching football. I mean it was 10 drops last week and seven recorded drops this week. So, so these are abnormal numbers. I mean Mike Tomlin said in the post-game conference, when people asked him about the drops, "What is he going to do to fix them?" He says, "Hey, we are dropping too many routine plays, and if guys who are in there can't catch the ball, we will replace them with guys who can."
0: Zach Dentry, <laughs> I, I mean, think you, he's uh, out for the, media, short, right? <laughs> for the rest of the season. What do you? What kind of adjustments can you make? I mean, I'll give you. So Ben had four completions of over 20 yards and let, let's add two for drop ball so uh, let, let me retract what I said but it can't be I mean maybe not a staple but it can, it, it's not going to break free how many long passes you're going to complete you've got to be able to run I think you have to be able to run what we talked about last week is the abject lack of misdirection that we were seeing at the beginning of the season what else is there to be done I mean your players are set at this point
2: yeah your players are set although to an extent There's a guy in Kevin Dotson that might help a lot if you would actually put this guy in every time he's gone in. He's really performed. I'm never the kind of guy to say 12 games in the season, hey, put the backup in. Put the guy who couldn't beat out the starter the whole year but I don't necessarily think that that is true when it comes to rookies. I mean, you saw what happened to Martavis Bryant, to Juju Smith-Schuster, Le'Veon Bell when he came in in, in, in his time, Ben Roethlisberger. When it's a rookie, it's a little bit different because the vet kind of gets to start while the rookie catches up. And sometimes guys just catch up. And that's what I think Kevin Dotson has shown. And I feel like the Steelers are just scared to break up a good thing because they haven't lost. But what would happen, you know, if you put him in there, you get pouncy back, you get Connor back. That's helpful. They're never going to be able to line up an I-form and run that way. The run scheme is too terrible. The line is not playing well enough. I don't know. Pouncey's been okay when he's been in there. DeCastro's having his worst year ever. He's he's playing very injured, it seems. Um, so I agree with you. There's only so much you can really do there. And it's not about running. It's about being able to have the option to friggin' run on third and one, right? I mean, I told you they, the the Washington – had third and one a number of times, or third and two yesterday, and they would hand it off at a shotgun and they would get the first down. And I remember thinking, wow, this is bizarre that I am envious of a team's ability to run and pick up a first down on third and one because we know it's literally impossible for the Steelers, who got stopped five times in a row from the one-yard line yesterday. I mean, that's what Tomlin said again in his press conference. Like, if you can't get one yard, you don't deserve to win. So, I mean... That's where I'm at with the run game, and I agree there's not a lot to be done, but I'd like to see some more boldness there.
0: Well, they tried boldness, and that was a pass to Gerald Hawkins.
2: Is that boldness, or is that just, what's a word that I can say that's politically correct? Is that the dumbest thing we've ever seen? Their plan to win the game is throw to an offensive lineman and throw
0: to the fourth string running back on a go route. Those are the plays you draw up? Well, they threw in Derek what? We had jumbo packages lord! So they threw everything at it. I'm asking you, what do you think the Steelers—I don't agree with the Gerald Hawkins thing. Yeah. Uh, thought it was fun, interesting from a fan standpoint. It would have been awesome if he caught it. But you would have think, thought that they could have jammed it in there. What's left? To, what's left to do? They simply couldn't execute it.
2: Yeah, and by the way— you are going to have an incredibly hard time on the one-yard line when you're the worst running team in the league versus that incredible defensive line. So, yeah, maybe there's some other things they could do. I just think it's ridiculous that their goal line package is the same formation every single time. It's the wing. It's Claypool on one wing, and either Samuels or Watt on the other wing. Watt, who got blown up on the one time we have asked this man to to block. He gets blown up the one time. You're making $10 million. So... Uh, They come out every time in that wing tee. So just more formations, more stuff like that. But like you said, it's the 12th game of the season. That stuff's not really going to change that much, right?
0: Well, here's what my question is. You've got Claypool and Ebron, two towering receivers. There there was not even a a shot at a jump ball in the, you know, sort of a fade to the corner or anything like that.
2: Yeah, terrible percentage play, but... Is it as but bad you, as what they're doing what we, already? Yeah,
0: that, that's sort of what we were excited about when Ebron came. A guy, you know, obviously he came in with his drop problems, but mm, he did. He does have a huge upside, and, and you could throw the ball up to him, and he demonstrated that he can catch a catch, catch a jump ball. You didn't even see anything like that spreading the field. We were bunched up in the middle, no spread. Yeah, our nine million dollar fullback. Yeah, on the way I. <laughs> I'm just to ask, I, I think the Steelers did everything they could with the assets. What other what was left to to do?
2: I just think that okay, so if this is our first theme is this sloppy play, right? And, and that the offense needs to be on red alert because People, we want to blame Feetner. Feetner's a huge problem. We've said it the whole year. He hasn't improved. We tried to give him some credit at some points along the year when he did a couple of reverses to Claypool and designed some counters off of that, right? We try to be fair, but it's the same story we've been saying all year. But it's not just Feetner. That's the problem. I mean, these receivers, that's the worst two games we've ever seen. For, I, I can't remember that. I mean, Deontay Johnson has played the worst two games by a receiver I've seen in Pittsburgh since Sammy Coates, right? After his two best games. Two dominant 100-yard performances, so everyone says the Deontay coaster is really the description of his game, and they're totally right, but the line is a huge issue. They get pushed back constantly. I'd like to see if maybe they would take a risk. It's not even a risk. I'd like to see what what Dotson can do if he's in there. The receivers, huge issue. They tried to get James Washington in there more, and he made the most out of it. He had the best play of the day problem is when you get Washington in there, Claypool snaps go down. So are they going to figure out a way to be like, hey, maybe a little less of Deontay, a little bit more Washington Claypool, just find the, 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 the mix that works. You know, if Ebron has another game like he had the past two games, maybe you just don't prioritize throwing to the tight end as much. Maybe you put Vance in, who's a far superior blocker. Maybe that helps you with some of your blocking issues. You know, there are things that they can try, but of course, I don't think that they need to to tear it down and go from scratch because Eric Ebron's done a lot of great things for them this year. And uh, you got to give him a chance to get back on the horse. Same thing with Deontay. Uh, these injuries are definitely a problem. I mean, I know that Tomlin has a fetish for Benny Snell. I, I just don't see it. I'm sorry. I know he makes some nice plays, but there's no explosion there. I think Connor will help a little bit when he comes back. Um, but, yeah, before before we get to the defense, oh, the last thing I would say is, like, you just have to take some risks. Ben should be getting sacked every once in a while. You you know what I'm saying? If you're in, he not getting sacked in five games and having this kind of output, it's not a meaningful stat to me. What it means is like you're not taking enough risks. Let him sit back there a couple times and try to throw it to Claypool down the field, or Washington, or Deontay, or Ebron. You got a bunch of guys who can do it. You just can't play scared. So that's the one thing I I, I think. Um, they can attempt to do, but you're right. I mean, right now the players are letting them down on the field, and I actually think Ben's been pretty good. He's been pretty accurate.
0: I think he has been pretty accurate, but I'll go back to something you contradicted me on, and I think you're right. He did go downfield. Well, a couple couple times, right? He threw 50 uh, times. So you're saying he did throw it down. He should throw downfield more.
2: Well, they threw it in the first half, and then they stopped doing it, right? That's the thing. But, yes, they should throw down a few more. I mean, when you throw 50 passes, I mean, just look at Juju's route chart. It's, they're hilarious. They're laughable. They're like two yards all packed in at the beginning. So, yeah, he threw a couple times. You were I didn't contradict. I didn't say he's not throwing downfield. You said he was not accurate throwing down the field. And I said when he's been given the opportunity, he has been more accurate than we've given him credit for. It's not as accurate as was a couple of years ago, but it's good enough to hit a few more. If you try four more, he might hit one or two of them. You know? I mean, they're just – and by the way – It's like you you were talking to me before the podcast. The Washington defensive linemen were all saying we know the plays. We know the plays. We knew that was coming. We watched the Baltimore film. Baltimore exposed them in both games. We know just to get our hands up and we can knock those things down. You can make them pay if they're not rushing you. The People are intentionally not rushing. They're just pushing and getting their arms up. That gives you more time to throw the ball downfield. So you you just have to try something different because whenever it's third down and you do the little pick-slant play like – when you and I have been calling it for six weeks, I'm pretty sure some of the best football minds in the world can call it as well.
0: It seems that the team is maybe reaching a, a level of exhaustion yeah. as I don't know if it's evidenced by the injuries. I don't know how much a bye week in week eight would have made. What, what kind of difference it would, would have been to a sort of regroup, but... We had uh, so we lost Stephen. We had Steven Nelson and, and Chris Boswell out. I'm not sure what the loss of Nelson that impact was. Uh, Boswell was replaced by Chris by Wright. Forget his first name. Matthew. Matthew Wright. Thank you. But we did not have enough faith in him for yeah. what was it a 43 yard field goal 46 when we elected or something to go like that 46.
2: And you know what? Honestly, I, I don't totally blame him. I mean, the guy is four and a half feet tall and he was miss—he was going short on 50 yarders and warm ups with no crowd there. So I, I didn't hate that decision to go for it, to be honest with you.
0: I know, but it was you know, it's another structural, if I may use that term, totally. problem that you didn't you weren't able, that was no longer an option for you. You had to go for it with your equally flaccid yes. offensive firepower. <laughs> right,
2: right. But you're making we, a good point. It's like we're not trying to make it, you know, the Steelers should be able to overcome this, but it's it's really the th- the three games in 12 days thing which does happen. It's a misconception that the Steelers are being forced to do that because of COVID um, because teams have to do that regardless, you know, when you get those Thursday night games and then a night game or whatever it is. But, um, yeah, they're going down like flies. I just don't think that there's any other way to say, like, of course we're getting ACLs left and right and and knee injuries and all kinds of things people are getting hurt uh, because you're making them play so much, and it's just messed up. We talked about it before. No, you can't do anything about it. NFL can do whatever they want. Everyone will keep watching. But, I mean, you're right. Your kicker's out, your running back's out, your center's out, your edge rusher's out, your cornerback's out, your middle linebacker's out, his backup is out. Uh, there's a lot of people who are down, so that war of attrition um, is hurting them on the field, but I also think it's kind of hurting them mentally. You know, when Ebron was whining about it on his podcast last week, it's like, hey, leave the whining to us. We will whine for you. You need to lock in, buddy. Even DeCastro's Castro's interviews recently were a little bit ominous, just – depressing hearing these guys talk about it Ben was pissed off about it so you know that the Steelers were in their heads about them having to play a lot so it seems like they've been flat and they've been injured and it's going to be a little tricky going to play Buffalo who is red hot I mean they really should be 10 and 2 if that hell Murray didn't get completed Uh, thank goodness Nelson is going to be playing that game Hayden's in concussion protocol hopefully he plays, but. Let's. I mean, how they respond to this is going to be really interesting because they're not going to be favored in this Buffalo game.
0: No, and you used the term red hot. Ironically, the freezing cold, I, I was thinking that was having had effect on the wide receivers. Now I think it's turning, at least for Johnson, the yips.
2: Without a doubt, and Ebron, because that's Ebron's reputation. And he's been great all season. He had that one game, I think, against the Ravens earlier in the year when he had the two fumbles. But other than that, he's been pretty good. And then now, it's in his head. And it's always the guys who hit themselves in the head and make a big public show out of it when they drop it. Those are the guys you worry about, right? Like, everybody knows Ebron has dropped the ball his entire career. And now he's got the yips because it's been two games in a row. And you just... You know what's amazing about Ben is that he... (laughs) Sometimes he shows this frustration, you know, even when A.B. He wouldn't usually do it to A.B. until that last year when things got contentious. But he would, you know, make a like a sign to Juju Martavis, hey, you should have gone like this, so that the TV camera can see that it wasn't his fault here or there. Uh, but this year, he refuses to do any, he wouldn't even change his facial expression when the rest of us are ready to, to to smack Deontay upside the head. And of course, if we ever did that, then he would immediately knock us into a permanent coma, so I would never try that. But uh, And I love Deontay Johnson, but it's just so frustrating when you see how incredibly talented he is when he drops these balls. And Ben is coming over there, and pulling him aside and being relatively casual about it, and he just keeps coming back to him. He throws it to him again. We saw him do this with Martavis. We saw him do this with Coates. And it's a good quality that Ben has because you know if that receiver loses their confidence, they could be gone for good, or you could get their confidence back very quickly. And we can use a confident Deontay and Ebron, right? Um, so he is trying to keep them back in the game to his, his credit, um, and hopefully they can turn it around that way because it sounds like they'll have the opportunity But according to Mike Tomlin, if they squander that opportunity, they're not going to have a ton more. And you might see more James Washington.
0: That would be okay. I'll tell you what's scary. And you mentioned Joe Hayden having this concussion. I don't know if 10 days is enough for him to come back. The other, the more scary thing, actually, six days. Six days. days. Yeah. Playing Sunday night.
2: We should play Monday.
0: Oh, this is Monday.
2: Yeah. No, no. We played Monday yesterday. And now we're going to play Sunday night. Against the Bills. Wow. This uh <clears throat> Well, this, this it, is, is really it your fault? T- we're, yeah, we're in five, five o'clock games. What the hell do they expect out of us?
0: <laughs> the scary thing is that Bob Spillane went down. And, it is scary. You know, really, the only thing we've mentioned about him are good things. It's not like, mm-hmm. oh, my gosh. I mean, he is, let's face it, we would like to have Bush back there, but Spillane has done a great job starting yep. from the beginning of the game with that that sack he had. So now you've got Avery Williamson, who, by the way, led the team in tackles with six but it doesn't make you you know some some of the play did not does not give you confidence it's going to hold up the whole game
2: yeah and he's a new guy to the team he didn't get out of training camp he's playing a totally different defense you know the Pittsburgh style defense and it really did go downhill when Spillane went out you know so it just seems like we say this left and right and Um, You know, when you look at that game, I know we have we don't really always go through like, hey, here's what happened in the first quarter, second quarter. Here's the flow of the game. Just because we know that you guys have have watched it or you've heard about it right at that point. But it started out as you would expect. Steelers flat first quarter as they usually are. But you're playing a really good Washington defense and people can't get that through their heads because it's, you know, Washington, which is generally a failure of a franchise many years. You know, a little bit of a laughing stock. but they've built something pretty good over there. So it starts off, eh, okay, and then the Steelers make enough plays to get down to the to the goal line, and they just get stuffed repeatedly, and when you have a momentum game like that, that's when you let the other teams get back in the game, right? And, and I don't blame them. I love going for it against a bad team on, on fourth and goal in the first quarter, you know? You're going to have more chances, and the Steelers did. And also, you can bury them. I can't believe not only did the Steelers give up their first 14 point lead in a thousand years at Heinz, in Pittsburgh, but they gave it up to Alex Smith and Washington, who have no ability to you know carve you up through the air. I mean, they just gave it to them. So Spillane went out. That was disturbing too, because as much as the story is the offense being bad, that defense really gave up a lot of easy completions. And and you know what? I mean. When you're forced to be on the field the whole damn game, th- that's going to happen. So I'm not on red alert for the defense yet,
0: but it, it wasn't a good day for him. J.D. McKissick, 10 targets, 10 receptions for 70 yards. Tells you all you need to know. And let's face it, the um, the time of possession was even. Was it? Yeah, 30, 30 minutes, wow. 26 seconds. The Steelers, 29-34. Wow. So I'm it seemed like it, but... But, that, but the fact that McKissick was open on the right side multiple times in a row, and yeah. that was Williamson's side, and I just, uh, like, why didn't we figure that out? Yeah, I mean, it's just
2: hard when you have to put in a third-string guy. I mean, by the time you get down to the third string, it's a war of attrition. Listen, people don't like to accept this, but so much about the NFL season, winning a Super Bowl or being really good, so much of it is luck. So much of it is injury luck. So much of it is who you played. Like everybody making fun of the Steelers this year for having a soft schedule. It's like, did you look at the 16-0 Patriots schedule? They're in the AFC East. They have six guaranteed wins Like versus top ten. Like the Dolphins, Bills, and Jets were all in the top ten drafts every year while they were in there. That's just – that's lucky. Whereas if the Steelers want to do that. They have to go through <laughs> the Ravens and the Bengals for many years. Oh, now the Bengals are finally terrible. Well, the Browns are good. So luck is part of it. And injuries really takes you down that way because Avery Williamson, he was brought in, great depth signing, but he's not a cover guy either. I mean, he is a, in the box. He's just Spillane. He's another Spillane, but with less experience than Spillane has with the Steelers. So, yeah, that, that was an issue as well. Um, and we just got to hope that Hayden plays. Like, find, find a way, guys. I don't know if there's a cortisone for the brain, but uh, we dis- need him in there.
0: You, you figure at this point in his career, he's not worried about concussions. See, he, wouldn't have been, he would have been out a long time ago. Joe's not scared. But you know what we do know about Joe? He's a groomer.
2: Listen, look at that haircut. He's got, he got the new braids this year looking smooth. I wonder if he got that done professionally or if he did it professionally on his own thanks to Manscaped. And they got precision tools. Uh, maybe not for your head. You could use it on your head. But they're really precision tools for your family jewels. Number one in men's below-the-belt grooming, just do this. Just do this. Take care of it down there, all right? Gentlemen, do it for the ladies. Do it for yourself. Do it for your self-confidence. Do it for, you know, your fellow uh, human beings' respect for you. Do it for cleanliness. There's no excuse. You can't say, oh, I'm going to go, I'm going to cut. I don't want to cut myself, you know, in the shower. Maybe I'm shaving. I don't want to cut the goods. Well, guess what, buddy? You don't have to worry about it because, Manscaped has patented skin-safe technology that makes it nearly impossible to cut yourself. They also have a light on the Manscaped um, Lawnmower 3.0, which allows you to uh, do the spelunking equivalent of shaving. They got bombs, they got rubs, they got everything you need. Great Christmas gift. Get them the full set. Okay, the Manscaped Perfect Package 3.0. Look it up. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code
0: Armchair at Manscaped.com. You have also thank you. Hey, listen, we have a game tonight. Dallas Cowboys hit the Baltimore Ravens, and the Ravens are favored by nine. You know, I hate to do anything for Ravens, but it is all about the money when you're talking about bet online.
2: It is, and bet online will get you the money if you give it to them right. So predict that thing right. Lamar Jackson's back. Make of that what you will. But football is coming to a glorious climax. Steelers have some adversity. It's time to recover. Are they going to make it two losses in a row against the Bills? Or are they going to recover? Either way, f- sky's not falling in Pittsburgh yet, but the movie is getting interesting. Bet online is going the extra mile to make sure you can get in on all the action from game spreads and totals, team, player, coaching props. Bet online gives you more options to wager than any other place online. Head to bet online today and use that promo code armchair to take advantage of all the great sign up bonuses. Bet online, ching, your online
0: sports book experts. So there were some positives we both noted that Ben, Ben is putting the ball in some small windows. He is, and he's been mostly
2: accurate. Like I said, we can point out there's been a number of nice downfield passes in the past few weeks, and you and I were saying that in the beginning of the year. It's like, hey, you don't need to transform to the the deep bomb game. You just need two or three more per game, and that's what he's gotten, but now we realize we need another two or three more per game, so he needs to be given the opportunity to do that. I know he missed that one to McFarland, but it just is kind of – I mean, I think Kazora might have made the point. Like, that's the the, the play you call when the game's on the line. It's the fourth-string running back. Roethlisberger hasn't practiced two of the last three weeks. So this isn't something you've run very much. I mean, the the guy beat him, but, you know, you need some chemistry to know where the guy is going to be that way. And the chemistry with these receivers has not been developed yet. I mean, we are witnessing – Some COVID effects right now, I think. I mean, I think if they had a training camp, they'd be much better. But Ben hasn't played for a year, and he never played with this core, so we're we're having some issues there. But I do think Ben is actually playing very well. And, uh, look, I do not feel good about that Bills game. I mean, if I had to tell like, we bet on the Steelers no matter what. I don't think the Steelers are going to be winning this game. I mean, I think that they're just too injured. You get another short week. I mean, Washington had 10 days to prep for the Steelers. <clears throat> Excuse me, the Steelers have had all these injuries. They had four days to prep for Washington, got embarrassed didn't didn't play any better whatsoever than their prior game against the JV Ravens, right? We were hoping this is a big cause call for a response. They got embarrassed on national television. It didn't do anything. They were worse against Washington, right? So I don't know if I can rely on that. Hey, they got embarrassed. they're going to really turn this around. I mean, they lost this one, so maybe that gives them more of a sense of urgency. But I think that they're a little bit aching. And the Bills just have a great matchup against them. Um, now, we'll, 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 you know, we'll see what happens. Of course, I would never count the Steelers out by any means, but this is going to be a tough game here. But there are silver linings, so I just want to say if they lose this one too, the sky's not falling unless they just absolutely get blown out of the building. You know what I mean? Because Ben's playing well. Washington's playing really well. Claypool had a great bounce-back game. Of the three guys who had those bad games, Claypool really bounced back in a big way. You get James Conner and Marquise Pouncey back. I mean, that's very helpful. Spillane, we don't know what his injury is. They say it's not long-term. He's going to miss games multiple, so that's an issue. But at least he'll be back at some point. Steven Nelson comes back. That's going to help you as well. So there is some cavalry on the way as far as silver linings go.
0: Plus the whole revamp of the offense between now and Sunday.
2: Yeah, that's true. We got to get to that meeting We're right after this Zoom. We're getting on with with the feet master. Well, the other positive is this. This sounds sort of like a. It sounds funny, but look, we've said the whole year we think the Steelers have confirmation bias. They won't make changes because a that's kind of the Steeler way, and then b they never lost. But to lose in such an embarrassing way to a franchise like Washington, who's just a perennial doormat, and yes, they're better than you know they are in the past, but every social media outlet. It was kind of bullcrap. They they're just all the posts from ESPN and Bleach Report. They're just taunting the Steelers. Like it didn't even like celebrate Washington. It just taunted Steelers, which is weird. It's like okay, so everyone wants to see us lose. Hopefully the players are thinking, um, but more importantly, hopefully the coaches are saying, okay, this is not sustainable. The Super Bowl, which is Super Bowl bust for the Steelers, right? I mean, eleven and zero, now eleven and one. Anything less than that is uh, failure. You know. So if they want to get to the Super Bowl, you want to peak at the right time. The Steelers are doing exactly the opposite. I mean, like you pointed out, I told you a couple podcasts ago they haven't been able to run the whole year. You pointed out they ran for a hundred yards in like their first four games or the first four out of five or something. I think I countered, okay, well. They, 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 were, they were able to run. They just can't run well or consistently. Well, we would take that first four games right now, wouldn't we? And they're trending downwards. So that's what really worries me about this loss. I don't know how much improvement we can see in six days. I hope the mood increases over there. If they can find a way to beat the Bills, that will be a catapult of a win because the Bills are hot as hell right now, as I have mentioned. Um, but maybe the silver lining is that the coach has got to go on red alert.
0: Well, let's hope they're tucking away the red alert scheme for the playoffs and just don't want to show their hand this early. Let's give away game balls on the offensive side of the ball.
2: Oh, Ben and everyone else sucked, except for Claypool okay. had a nice couple of plays.
0: Well, Washington also. Just two, I'm sorry, Two Washington. catches. You're right. But it was two plays. Defense. Minko. Easy call from me.
2: Who's yours? Huh? Mine's Minko. Mike Hilton. Oh, God. He's so good.
0: He's so S- good.
2: The silver bullet. So consistent. He. You know, when you talk about the silver bullet – and then the front four, those guys just they show up every damn game. I mean, he, he should have had that pick. Ah, he had one down the middle of the field, but he was. He Why should was he phenomenal. catch
0: balls when the wide receivers aren't?
2: <laughs> Good question. He had, so he had six tackles. tackles, as he always does.
0: Yeah, six tackles, two for loss and a uh, pass defense, which does not tell the whole story. Mike Hilton, solid. Uh, hopefully we can keep him next year. We keep talking about that story. Special oh, man. teams.
2: Ray-Ray had another nice... Hey, Ray-Ray bounced back. So actually, out of all the receivers, every receiver played terrible last week, including Juju. Uh, Washington, well, he played okay the week prior, too. Nah, he dropped a touchdown pass. Washington, Claypool, and Ray-Ray all bounced back in a really nice way this game.
0: I'm going to give it to Jordan Berry. Six punts. He had a couple that went went a little bit short, but he's starting to nail the ball. He had a a 59-yarder, and he... Put the ball in the 23 times. 20 or inside the 23 times.
2: Eh, he's still just the, the reason why he frustrates me is if, if we're punting out, our, out of our own end zone, the other team is getting the ball at the 50 guaranteed. So he had another one of those this, this game, the 46 to 47. But, yeah, he's played better since he's been brought back. I'll, I'll definitely say that. Uh, hopefully Boswell is back soon because, damn, that would, that would not be ideal to have Matthew Wright. But I'm going to assume that this will be Matthew Wright for one more week here. But
0: Visit the website, SteelersOutpost.com. Check us out on Twitter, at Outpost or shoot us an email at SteelersOutpost at gmail.com. Thanks for listening. Until next week, it is less than a week, go Steelers.
2: Okay, bye-bye.
0: We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match.
2: And support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions
1: apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com.
0: That's dot slash wondery.